Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 379. Follow your passion. And whether you're you know, 8 years old, 15 years old, or even 80 years old, don't try to fit into a slot and do what you enjoy. And that, to me, is as close to heaven as you can get. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Leslie Kino. Leslie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I am. You know, uh, I'm ready to, you know, head down that, that blind corner at Laguna Seca, which <laughs> is where you are on the West Coast. I wish I was over there and then take the corkscrew down, uh, down that hill. I, I've always loved to race that track, and uh, I'm ready. All right. And thank you for having me on your show, Mark. Thank you're, you. you're welcome. It's great fun. I had your brother, Lee, on the show yesterday and your guys, uh, COO, Bradley Farrell, on the show the day before. So this is a week for the Kino Brothers and this new auction, but I'll do a brief introduction and we'll have some fun here. Leslie Kino is the co-CEO of the Kino Brothers Fine Automobile Auctions. Rolling Sculpture, the New York City auction, is their inaugural event that takes place on November 19th at Skylight Clarkson Square in New York City. Leslie and his brother Lee are internationally recognized experts in their field. You'll recognize them from their years on the TV show Antiques Roadshow. These identical twins are bringing their expertise from decades of work in the arts and antiques world to the collector automobile world. Leslie spent over 30 years at Sotheby's and is judged at events including Pebble Beach, the Concorde Elegance, plus he speaks at classic car symposiums across the country, advising collectors and institutions. Leslie's restored, raced, and collected historic cars throughout his life and he served on numerous boards and committees. So, Leslie, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career, your passion for automobiles, and this new venture, your rolling sculpture auction in New York City? Well, thank you very much, Mark, and I'm not sure I deserve that introduction. (laughs) First thing I want to say is that I'm a student myself and learning every single day of my life, and I will continue to the rest of my life, always learning. That's a great thing about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm really blessed, really, to, to be involved with cars. It's my passion. Even before antiques, cars were my passion. Wow. And growing up, our father would give us a wrench and say, here, can you, we're about, probably about two and a half, three feet high. <laughs> we'd be 
there with a wrench, you know, putting in the uh, a bolt on an XK140 Jag engine. My father particularly liked British cars, and he had XK140s, 120s, uh, E-types, even an SS100 3.5-liter. But mm. cars were literally always around. The Kino family car was never a new car. We never bought a new car. It was always an old Woody or an old uh, Jag or whatever was available. It was a huge part of our life. And we appreciated the, the patina, the gorgeous colors, just as uh, we see in, the, in our area we, we grew up on. We loved the same patina when we found uh, barn finds and garage finds, you know, that our, our father would take us on trips. We'd hop in the car and go to see, try to see the latest, you know, find. And yeah. it would range from, you know, lots of different cars, from an Alfa Romeo, Berlinetta that my father found a little ad, and as we were loading in the uh, in the truck, the owner said, "By the way, that's supposed to be have been owned by Mussolini." And oh my enough, gosh! <laughs> to make a long story short, it was, and it ended up wow uh, being his uh, the car he bought for his mistress. And then do the research and get the books out. So, and our kitchen was always filled with car nuts and antique nuts together. You know, wow. We would go out with our motorcycles to search of barn engines in the dirt and we looked <laughs> the reason is we, we were way up in the country little town of mohawk new york and 90 acre farm it was our fantasy it was our treasure trove to search for in big bottles but to get to those places you, you needed a dirt bike and we just absolutely grew up in this wonderland sort of i think of it i think back <laughs> on it well, your brother shared a lot of this this fun with us as well, especially it's interesting that the hinges seem to be what started this. And we're going to learn some more about you as we move through. And of course, we're going to talk about this new inaugural auction for you and your brother and your team. But Love you. yeah, first, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Leslie, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. Thank you very much. I'm absolutely blessed to be able to wake up in the morning and go to work, but I can't really call it work. It's it's absolutely my passion. Historic cars are my passion, and, you know, racing and being around them. It's been said many times that if your work is what you love, if, if it's your passion, which it is, then you never have to work a day in your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else than, than what I'm doing now. I'll tell you, your brother used that same quote, so I see we're starting Please. to see some bookends happening here. But, uh, you know, but gee, no, no surprises here. But that, that quote I've applied to, uh, to Henry Ford, because I believe that's where that originated, which makes sense, another car guy. That's interesting. I did not know that. That's yeah. interesting. Now, we never spoke before, you know, but they I once know. did a study. They did a study on twins with us at a college, and it was un, it was uncanny. I mean, the guy <laughs> came out, like, almost shaking. It was so similar, but, of course, we never spoke about anything. Your brother told me to let our listeners know that he did not talk to you. I talked to him yesterday. He, yeah. he did not call you and tell you how no. he answered any of these questions. Oh, so, no. so this oh, is no, going to no, be no. really interesting as we go through this. But let's move on to the let's move on to the next question here. I'd love for you to share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars. Now you talked about growing up with a dad who loved British cars and you and your brother Lee were out in the garage, you know, handing him parts and wrenching on cars. But is there a pivotal moment that you can remember when you knew that you were a car guy? I think it really was 
when we were probably around the age, around, I'm going to say, six or seven. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking our father to always go to a junkyard owned by a man named Ronnie Pye. Mm-hmm. And Ronald, Ronald Pye, and we call him Ron Pye, and Mr. Pye was to us. <laughs> and he's a friend of our father's. And he owned a junkyard. And in those days, uh, when I grew up in the 70s, there were junkyards around in the country. And without the Internet, if you needed a part, the only way you could do it is to literally go to these rolling hills in the, in the country with all these cars and try to find the right model and find that distributor cap mm. or that carburetor, you know? Yeah. It was there. And ask the owner permission, how much, you know, how much is it? Well, and all that, and negotiate it. And my father would do that. And that's another way we really got to help, you know, involved with cars. And we would usually um, be with my father when he was on these trips, combined with the yearly journey to the Mecca, you know, Hershey, the flea market there. Oh, yeah. Of course, every fall. And Ron Pye's garage, so close to his house, there was a school bus. Mm-hmm. But this particular school bus, it was right behind... Ronald Pye's small house with in the background of these rolling hills with, with all the junk you know, cars. To us, it wasn't junk. It was like, what's, what's there? You know, we were looking at treasures. But this school bus was very different than the rest because it had been cut out, sticking out with a boat tail. Oh. And it was original boat tail end section of, a, of an Auburn boat tail speedster. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and it happened to be a real one that had this... I just never forget the patina, sort of this, this sort of reddish brown patina and the original quality of it. Just the, the sight of that school bus still is etched in my, my brain. <laughs> Looking at the back of that boat tail, we would walk up, rubber hands across that curve of that boat tail. Our dad would tell us how rare it was. And it's, it's amazing how life works. Uh, later on, I was involved with a sale at, at Sotheby's where the same car came up for sale and brought in the seven figures. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It, it got passed on, and to see that car again, you know, it had gotten you know, restored, and even when it was in the back of that school bus being protected, you know, yeah. it had lost a lot of its original paint. But still, there was the same car that was in <laughs> wow. the Pie Junkyard. That made a big impression, but I could probably give you a hundred like that. Wonderful memories, wonderful stories. I'd love to crawl under the hood now, Leslie, and have you share a really great challenge or a really great failure that you faced along the way in your career. And the most important part of this question has to do with how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you? What did you learn from it? One of the biggest challenges I ever faced in my, my entire life, when I was at Williams College and had my first year there, and um, I heard about a program that was at a historic Deerfield Museum. It's a street with houses brought there by the Flint, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Henry Flint. Back in the, during the 1950s, it was set up as an 18th century village where Deerfield Academy is. And they had an internship program that was a fellowship program called the Historic Deerfield Summer Fellowship Program. And I Happened to be in the art museum one day, and I was preparing an exhibition of furniture that was around the campus but never been cataloged. And I saw on the bulletin board, you know, the sign for this. And it says you can apply for it. And 
So I said, this sounds great. You know, it's an early, you know, village, given my passion for antiques. Sure. By the way, parked outside was the Jaguar SS100 <laughs> that I took to college. So wow. I'll, I'll never forget. But I went to that pro- through that program. It was an incredibly special, special part of my life because I, I made friends. And being a twin, you know, when you're in high school and younger, you all, both of us met the same friends, right? And so you're, because you're a twin, and it's, this gave me a chance, this program, to do something that was special and that was, I was passionate about, you know, beautiful objects and history. And it was a very difficult program to be accepted to, I'd heard. And, and I got accepted. I went to that summer, did my study with primary documents, and I loved research, and I still do today with cars, you know. And I... Um, Finished that summer. It's one of the most special times of my life. Made all these new friends. They never met or seen my brother, my twin, you know. But on my own, I have my own friends, and I'll never forget it. And I, and I graduated. I did my study at Waverly Pottery, whole other part of our lives, and I would travel on. And I finished that. Went back to Williams College the next year, of course. And I during the year. Um, I heard that my brother, Lee, was going to take the same program. I have to tell you, I haven't shared this with any people, but I really haven't. But it affected me so much because I, I for once, I had something that was my own. You know, uh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was a real challenge for me. I happened to be taking a winter study program at, at Deerfield and staying as a guest at someone's home there. And basically, you know, I'll never forget, I actually – physically took a chair. I remember it was a stormy night and I had to get this through my head right, you know, right? Because <laughs> because it was like here here I had this and then all of a sudden Lee's gonna be meeting all of these and he had heard what a great time I had. I was I told him it just affected me. And and, yeah. and I so I took this chair in the middle of the field and I said, I'm gonna I'm going to get this right in my head until I am smiling and fine and and it's gonna be okay. And I and I did that. And I'll never forget, it was right out of a movie. Because I, if anybody had a video camera there, here's this field, here I am. Sitting <laughs> and, in the field. <laughs> without doors, it's 2 in the morning. By the time I got up in that chair, I had, I, got, I had it right in my head. I got it right in my head. And what it was, what, what did it for me is realizing that we're all in control of our own destiny. And even though we're twins, that every movement and everything I do, is my is my own decision, mm. and Lee's is his separate decision. It's hard to sort of explain, but it, it was sort of like I came to the realization that even if he meets those same people, we're all we're each different, and yeah. and, and you know what? And I realized it's okay. Yeah. And I love my brother. Yeah, and of course. I got, also, got I love my brother. You know, it's great that he's going to meet these people, but I just had to get it in my head right. <laughs> you know, that story, the story you shared first and foremost, uh, thank you for sharing a really personal oh, story. But I think growing up a twin, you two guys were probably together all the time. Everyone looked at you both almost as one person instead of two individual people. And this was a chance for you to be an individual. And he was now coming in to kind of maybe take that away a little bit. And yes, yes. you had to sit in that chair and, and, as you said, get your head right, and you did it. Yeah, no, that's a it's an awesome story. I know it has nothing to do with cars whatsoever. No, no, it it's a great story. It's it's Thank a great you. story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, yeah, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love yeah. for you to share kind of a 
what I call a career aha moment. I like to say it's when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction you had in your career path. And tell me the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Absolutely, sure. Well, it was February of 2013, and I was asked by Sotheby's chairman at the time where I was working. I'd done for 32 years. I was given a a promotion to work in our international business development department. Actually, the managing director at the time met with me and said, we're having this uh, this event coming up. It's an auction with RM Auctions. And everyone in the building I've heard talk to said, you've got to talk to Leslie Kino. (laughs) Yeah, he's a car guy. And and just to add on it a little bit, in 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 1987 or eight. I was actually asked to head up the car department oh, not wow. long ago. Now we're going back 35 years. Yeah, This was right before the big late 80s period with the stock market going down and then the Gulf War. Oh, yeah. And, and right when the American market was just going up before this, I went over to London. I thought about all of my friends in the, in the car world, that I couldn't leave the car furniture department. It was Things were starting to bring seven figures for, you know, um, uh, just beginning. It was it was basically like the vintage car market is right now. You know? Yeah, and, things and, were too and, lucrative. And, and it, well, it was just I just started as director in 1983. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'd love to talk about this. So to go back to to that, it was 2013. We'd love love you to be involved and ask you to get involved. I couldn't believe what I was hearing and what was coming out of our managing director's mouth when he said, you know, would you like to help with this this sale? that's uh, going to be at, at Sotheby's and is uh, with RM and, and partnership, you know. Uh-huh. And, all, and I just said, absolutely, I'd love to. This was an opportunity that was unbelievable to me. So I, of course, said yes. And I went through that sale. What that sale did is it brought me over to travel to the many different sales around, not just in America, but in England, you know, and in uh, Paris, the Retromobile, Goodwood. Over that period of time, that was a moment that changed not only my direction in, in, in life, because I was focused in fine art, furniture, decorative arts, of course. Sure, yeah, sure. It's roadshow. The show that you're talking about, I'm very familiar with, that was titled The Art of the Automobile, correct? That's right. Yeah, Art That's of correct. the Automobile, Sotheby's, I believe. Yeah, you mentioned it was November 2013. and what? It was. Yeah, what was really special to me about that show, and I remember that because I wasn't there, but watching it, I believe it brought in over $62 million in sales. You got a good memory. Yeah, it was huge. And there were some cars at that sale that really stood out for me. There was a Ferrari 250 LM uh, that, you know, was <laughs> yeah. uh, one of my favorite cars. Uh, that was my favorite. That was my favorite. That was so original, that car. The engine, yeah. the tone. The reality is that sale allowed me the opportunity to really realize this is what I really want to do every single day. Definitely an aha moment. And as I mentioned, that event was absolutely spectacular. There were some cars in that event that just yeah, yeah. blew me away. There was a, a Maserati A6G, yeah. I believe it was. It was just yeah. gorgeous. And I'd love for you to share what I like to call your proudest career moment. Uh, a moment in time that really stands out for you. I know you've had many, many proud moments, but is there one in particular you could share with our listeners? We were at the White House, and we had the honor of being invited to dinner for uh, Valentine's Day. 
and I was with my wife, and Lee was there, and there was a thank you line with uh, President and Mrs. Bush to thank dinner, and we were invited to dinner, by the way, because on Monday nights, uh, President and, Mrs. and First Lady Mrs. Bush, uh, they watched the Antiques Roadshow. And until later, they shut the doors, and we're watching the road show. Yeah, leave <laughs> us alone. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is this. I was thinking to myself during dinner, the last time that a tour was given by a first lady to show Americans the hand craftsmanship that went into the objects that are actually in there mm-hmm. by hardworking Americans, but also the beauty of those objects and the history had not been done by any first lady since Jacqueline Kennedy's tour in 1968. So after dinner, you know, we happened to be the last people in line. I walked up and, you know, and said, thank you for dinner, obviously. But I have one question I'd love to ask. And, and I asked her, I said, the last time that anyone, any first lady had given a tour of the White House to Jacqueline Kennedy. And have you ever thought about or would you consider doing that, walking through and it'd be a real pleasure and honor and privilege for Lee and I to go through with you and talk about the treasures here. She looked at me, she said, I, you know, I've never thought about that. Would you mind getting back to me? And I said, it'd be a pleasure. Long story short, we did that. We approached History Channel. It's called Behind Closed Doors. For two days, the White House front steps were filled with film equipment because we spent uh, it was a day and a half going through the White House, even in the private office of the president, which had never been televised in, in history, wow. uh, of where the president gets a lot of its work done, mm-hmm. the, the real work, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but really, just going through the silver, you know, John Quincy Adams tiered, and you know, the, the uh, great Duncan Fife chairs, and, 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 I, and here is the you know, first lady teaching Americans of all ages, and Lee and I just there, and she, of course, led, her, led us through what is really the greatest, pe- the people's house. It's our nation's house, all, all right. of ours. Yeah. And, and that was just uh, an, an honor and a privilege. Hey, let's have a little bit of fun here. I want to hear yeah. about your first really special car, and maybe you could share one memory that you have with that vehicle. Of what? <laughs> Cars are so personal to me and special that, you know, almost like a person sometimes because you get to know it and and sometimes you entrust your life to the, with that car. So mm-hmm. that car could, if not maintained, well, if, or for many reasons we all know, could either save your life or, or you could literally lose your life or be badly hurt. So there's, but that said, cars, so there's a lot of, almost tr- like trust between two really close friends. When you're hanging off a cliff, are you going to save me or will you step away? <laughs> you know, not. Make that effort, even if you risk. Yeah. So, I had one car that particular that I think of every single day because it was sold uh, when we bought a home. We had to do it, priorities. And uh, But I think about it every day. It was a green 1959 Lotus 11 Series 2. And that car, it had the original body with the original chassis, rare for any racing car. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of the lines of the car, I run my fingers over the over that car and I in the tubes and the frame and see the weld spots and not every car can be original and so many have been restored. It's really the the way it handled. I could go on and on. The way it looked, 
the way it's felt, and that's the card. There you go. There you go. How about seller's remorse? I know this is going to be a difficult question, but yeah. I, I won't make you linger on it for too long here. No, but is there, sure. if there is one vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you could have back, and I want to preface this by saying not because it's worth 100 times more now. Let's take the money out of it. I want to know about the car you want back just because of the passion you had for that vehicle. Okay, yes. It would be, well, certainly that's the lowest, but I'm going to give you the free example. Um, okay. It would be <laughs> the 1938 Jaguar SS100 that was our family car, but it was a joint decision to sell it. It was really owned by the, the Kino family. My father oh. found it. It wasn't my own, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it was Jaguar 1938 Jaguar 3.5 liter SS100 that had so many memories, and I mean, I remember so many wonderful times. Take, and I hope my wife doesn't read this. Sorry, but <laughs> I was in high school when I went on uh, the dinner date. You know, I would take the SS100. That would be the one. Your auction rolling sculpture, which is again, I'll remind our listeners, takes place next week on the nineteenth of November, and you have some incredible cars that our listeners can go to the website and look at. you got Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsche. you got some really unique stuff like the Alvis and the Stutz. Oh, thank you. What I'd love for you to talk about, since I've already had your brother share some of this yesterday, he wanted me to ask you to share some more about your concierge service that you're offering and the symposium, including some of the speakers that you're going to have. Well, thank you very much for asking about our auction. We're, we're so excited. This auction, which is our inaugural sale, a rolling sculpture, we have a term in the office that we call the Kino, the Kino difference. We are so honored just to be able to have these rolling work, works of art on wheels, rolling sculptures. Some of them are like rocket ships and others are quiet and, and roll with elegance. And so we have a, a mixture in the scale of cars from all over the world in 40 lots. We chose to have a really very carefully curated sale by Lee and myself and the whole team at Kino Brothers Fine Automobile Auctions. What we wanted to do when someone walks in the door, we want, we want them to be greeted to the best of our ability. We've established a concierge service headed by Bob Seidler, who has spent his life and career a consultant to five-star hotels. So he really is focused on that. That shows you the importance. Part of the keynote experience or the keynote, you know, what we're about is we've always liked helping people. It gives us pleasure to give unconditionally. And then, but what we're doing is trying to help smooth the process, make it more transparent, but and give clarity, clarity, and get information. You know, for example, they walk in, they, they came to see a certain car, we want to be able to lead them to that car and not have them spend an hour looking if they want. You know, So we, we're going to have our team prepared at the entranceway. But also hotels, we are covering the uh, uh, expenses for consigners, and we have a great, wonderful boutique hotel called Hotel Hugo. And, you know, really to make it, just to give them convenience, the convenience of being able to walk back and forth, what restaurants are good in the area, all those things. I can't wait to see some of the reactions, you know, people will get when they walk in. Yeah, a very different approach to something that many people who've been to auctions have been to uh, will find very different. And tell me uh, briefly also about title speakers, because I understand you're going to have some specialists there, people who can really share more about the history of these vehicles with the attendees, right? The title 
of this symposium that at the crossroads of art, engineering, and technology, the many facets of the historic automobile field. We have Dietrich Katlapa, founded the Hagee Index, and wrote the book that comes out every year, Better Than Gold, Classic Cars. And he's a German banker living in London who basically invented what is the Fortune 500 of the historic car market. Archie Urcielli is a great race car driver, and he is going to talk about that. He probably raised the Lola like you had, I think. And we have Murray Smith, Peter Brock. He's a guest who's been here on Cars, yeah? Oh, has he? Oh, great. Well, Peter's fantastic. We have Archie Urcielli, who is a collector and racer of the race cars that are truly some of the, the greatest and more higher displacement cars made in America. Each speaker is going to have a certain amount of time. Each of them are just so amazing. Yeah. We also have Kent Bain. Kent is the chief judge of the Lime Rock Concord Delegance. He's been judging cars his whole life. Besides being a great guy, he's a, he's a great preservationist and conservationist. Mm-hmm. Murray Smith is going to be on the panel. Oh, we are. Yeah. You know Murray. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know Murray. Yeah. Who doesn't know Murray, right? I mean, he's, uh, <laughs> yes. He's one of the nicest guys I, I've ever met. He's amazing. But he also led Lee and I through China on a run called the China Run, uh, sponsored by Louis Vuitton in 1997. Cool. Well, it sounds like an amazing group of people. I think it's going to be absolutely spectacular for those in attendance. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Leslie. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? And why? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a great question. Um, if I was a car, what kind of car would I be? I would like to be the Ferrari P3 or P4, either one, right? They're very rare. I mean, there's a handful, you know, in existence. For so many reasons, I love that car. From its sunny open top to its low height overall, as well as the fact that you sit very low to the ground and I don't have curves like that car. (laughs) But you know what's interesting? It's not like the biggest displacement in the world. It's not about a big block car or anything. It's more about, it's not as much about its its roar. Like, I'm I'm just not like that, you know? It's more about its, I'm going to say that it's, you know, I really perceive myself as a student. Every single day I'm learning something. Yeah. And, that car was experimental and was being tested it's a lot like the way I am, and I test myself. I sure need it because I, I always want to learn more, and I also, I'm sure, far from perfect, and really trying to figure out what the next step was in the company, you know, right. in terms yeah. of working with Fiat on, uh, you know, the 246s, and that car sure would help a lot of people be happy. <laughs> Just looking at it. It would make a lot of enthusiasts extremely happy, that's for sure. That is, uh, (laughs) gosh, one of the most beautiful historic cars and race cars of all times. Well, very good choice. I think that's excellent. It makes sense to me. So, Leslie, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool 
every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of MetroVac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. MetroVac is the right choice. Learn more today at MetroVac.com. Use discount code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CarsYeah.com slash sponsors. All right, Leslie, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a race car driver. You know what this means. The white flag is out. And this means we're going to put our pedal to the metal. And I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure, ready. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Never lift off the throttle when you're going to a quarter at high speed. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Well, it's something actually my, my mother taught me, and that's to give and give unconditionally whenever and as many times as I can in my lifetime. Awesome. Beautiful. Love it. Mothers are awesome for sure. How about a resource? Is there one resource in particular that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think they could enjoy? I love Google. I really, it's amazing. Leslie, would you share a book that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading? Tell you what, Dietrich Abbott's book is unbelievable. That's amazing. And and by the way, I want to make sure I got him because he's one of the speakers. He is one of the speakers who is a German banker who lives in London and founded the Haggy Index, which is the Historic Automobile Group International Index, which uh, rates classic and historic cars against, compares them to Fortune 500, as well as other luxury items like gold, artwork, furniture, even Chinese art, jewelry, etc. And that book is actually the book I would recommend, and we may even have it at the exhibition and sale. Oh, perfect. Dietrich, Dietrich, a very important addition to that, to the symposium. We're honored that he's there. You have to get this book. You really have to get it. I mean, if there's one book that I recommend, Better Than Gold, Investing in Historic Cars. Well, that's a great a great book, fantastic book, and uh, it'll be great to have Dietrich as one of your symposium speakers as well. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Leslie has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Leslie Kino. All right, Leslie, we're up to the checkered flag. This is the last question, but this can be a real doozy. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like Duesenberg, so that's good. <laughs> well, if you could only have one collector car in your garage, yeah, I'm sorry, I said just one, but money's money's no object. Today I'm going to raise my paddle high and I'm going to buy you whatever car you would like. What would that one vehicle be and why? You have a knack for picking questions that really probe deep into my soul. Yeah. You know, that's good. You ask, you ask great questions. I've got to compliment you. You really <laughs> do. No, really. I really truly mean I get you know, interviews all my, all my life a number of times. So your questions are great. Oh, good. Well, thanks. You know, you know what's crazy? It really would be an original P3, you know, a, a little, uh, you know, the, the Ferrari. 
Ferrari P3. Okay. Yeah, they're so rare. It doesn't get a lot better than that. That's a great choice. You're the only person out of 379 guests who've ever selected a Ferrari P3, so that makes you very unique. Oh. Very, very cool. Well, Leslie, you, you. You're, you're welcome. Well, Leslie, you. you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I have really enjoyed your stories and talking with you. I want to thank you for sharing your journey, but before I let you go, I want you to give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the racetrack in your very own Ferrari P3. <laughs> Can I just say, I, I just want to thank you for having me uh, on, your, on your show. It's, you're uh, welcome. I think you're an amazing guy, and I have uh, oh, thank you. a lot of admiration for you. And one short, just party words, something I say to young people, follow your passion. And whether you're you know, 8 years old, 15 years old, or even 80 years old, don't try to fit into a slot and do what you enjoy. And that, to me, is as close to heaven as you can get. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about this upcoming inaugural event by the Kino Brothers that is titled Rolling Sculpture that's taking place in New York City on November 19th? How can our listeners learn more about that? Yes, if you just go on www.com. KenoBrothers.com, K-E-N-O Brothers, plural.com. Very easy. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Leslie's been so kind today to share with Thank me. You. He's calling in from uh, New York City in this evening. He spent a lot of time with me today, which I'm very grateful for. But make sure you just type Leslie in the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with links to everything he shared today. Leslie, thank you again for being so incredibly generous today with your time. Thank and your, you. Your, oh, you're welcome and your expertise. You're the best. And I, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate everything. And uh, it's an honor again to be on your show. Thank you again. It's been a real pleasure for me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Bye-bye now. See you down the track. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!